morning. So, we've, um, we're in the middle of a series, What is Church? And we're kind of looking at some of these um, paradoxes. And this morning, um, the, <laughs> the subject title I gave myself was Inclusive and Exclusive. Um, what does it mean for a church to be inclusive and exclusive at the same time? And that might need some um, fleshing out. But what I'd love to do, um, can we just have that last screen of visuals we had up? Because um, I think this might be a helpful place to start of the, of the last song, the last words of the last song that we had up, if that's possible. Um, because it talked about... Um, being in this, I um, don't know if that's going to be possible or not, but talked about um, teaching us to love. Yeah, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And what I'd love for us all to do is just have a moment. When I talk about When I talk about God being inclusive, church being inclusive, when I talk about maybe that everybody's in, what does that do in your spirit? What's the first thought or question that comes up? Because for some of us, it might be, but surely not them. And for some of us, it might be, but surely not me. I don't know where you're at in that this morning. But this song says, is an invitation to God, to the Spirit of God, to show me who you are, that we can encounter God and this revelation of who God is and that we can be filled with the heart of God, with the spirit of God, which is a real knowing that you're loved, knowing that you're known, knowing that you're included in all of this. And the last line, lead me in your love to those around me. And for some of us, it might be the knowing that we're known and knowing that we're loved that is a tricky part of this inclusion thing. And for some of us, it might be the those around me that's the tricky part of this inclusion thing. I don't know which it is. But 11 years ago, when this, when I was asked to take on leading the leadership team and we pulled together as a team, there were a couple of things that we talked about. And we talked about that um, a couple of principles we wanted to live by. And one of them was that belonging is in the small. Because it's very easy to come into the big and to be anonymous in this. But actually, where is our accountability? Where are our relationships? Where are we known? Where are we loved? Where are we missed? Where where are those people in a crisis? Who are the people that we're going to call? Where's our place? Where's our small group? Where's our prayer group? Where's, where are those people who walk life and share life with us? And, and Lisa um, is going to be speaking about that in a couple of weeks. But the other principle that we wanted to live by was that everybody's in. Everybody is in. We will not exclude anybody. 
everybody gets to be part of this. That's a lovely idea. And there will be some of you going, yes, as you probably heard. Some of you go, yes, that's, like, that's what I want to be part of. And some of you go, oh, can we just talk about that for a minute? Like, everybody? But what about these people, these people, these people, these people, these people? This is not an easy conversation. This is not a comment on who goes to heaven or whatever. That's a whole different conversation, which if you want to have that conversation, come find me. Let's have a coffee. Let's talk that all through. But that's not... Everybody's in is about how our posture as a church. Everybody's welcome. Everybody gets to join in on this. Everybody gets to be part of this. Whoever you are, there is room. There is space. There is a seat. There is someone who will listen. There is a hug. There is someone who will pray. There is someone who will share life. There is, there is a place. This is who we are as a church. And, and it's really important that we understand that there is room in this kingdom. However much money you have or how much money you don't have, whether you sleep in mansions or whether you sleep on in doorways, whether you are educated or not educated, whether whatever your skin tone, whatever your ethnicity, whatever your gender, whatever your sexuality, whatever your career choices, whatever your life choices, whatever your addiction is, whether you're addicted to drugs or whether you're addicted to money or whether you're addicted to success or whether you're addicted to popularity or whether you're addicted to alcohol or whatever your addiction might be, we hope that this is a place where you can find freedom and we will commit to that with you because this is a place where everybody is in, where everybody is welcome. And like I said, that's not always comfortable. We see this story in Acts chapter 10, and it's um, about a guy called Cornelius and a guy called Peter. Now, Cornelius is um, he's Roman. He's not Jewish. He's part of the military machine. But he loves God and he's generous and all those sorts of things. Now Peter, Peter is one of the disciples. Peter is very much Jewish um, and this, and Peter is trying to figure out the beginnings of the early church and, but actually at this point Jesus was just for the Jews. And so they have this strong Jewish culture and Cornelius has a dream where he hears this voice saying, go and meet this guy called Peter and get him to come and see you. So Cornelius sends off his guys to go and do that. Whilst these guys are on the way to him, Peter is on the roof praying. And then he has this vision. And he sees in this vision this sheet that is being lowered from the sky. And on this sheet are all these different types of animals. And what you need to understand here is that a lot of these animals were regarded by Jewish tradition, by Jewish, in the Jewish faith, in the old, written in the Old Testament, that they were unclean. 
that you couldn't eat them. And that continues today in the Jewish tradition. And so Peter sees the sheep coming down with all these animals that he's not allowed to eat, that the scriptures, that the law, that the Bible says, this is not okay, you are not allowed to do this. And then he hears God saying, go and eat. Peter's going, no, 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 I've never eaten this stuff in my entire life. Of course I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to disobey. There are rules here, God, rules that you've put in place. There are rules about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. There are rules that you've put in place. I'm not going to break them. And God says... Well, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Can you imagine what that does to Peter's head? For a couple of things, right? Firstly, God is changing the rules here. But Peter's not the one calling them unclean. God was the one who called them unclean. The Old Testament is full of scriptures that going, you must not eat this animal and this animal and this animal and this animal and this animal. All these scriptures saying you are not allowed to do this. And then God's going, oh, Peter, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Don't call not okay to eat what I've said is okay to eat. And Peter must have been like, you're the one who said it was unclean. You're the one who said it wasn't all right. You're the one. Like, I've, I've spent my whole life obeying these rules and suddenly you're changing the rules. That, must, that does something in us, right? And as he comes out of this vision, these guys arrive and say, this Roman leader, military leader, wants to meet you. And Peter hears this voice again from God saying, from the spirit within him saying, go with them and do whatever they say. And this is the moment for Peter that he understands that this gospel that he is carrying, this gospel that he is sharing, this gospel that he feels responsible for to take to the Jewish community, suddenly he realizes it's not just for the people who are like him. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. It's for the unclean as well as the clean. It's for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Suddenly he realizes, oh, all the limitations I've put on who this is for, I have to rethink because this is for them too. Can you imagine the challenge that he's going through? But it's an important thing for us to understand because sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking, well, this is just for us and the people who are like us. This is just for the people who think the same way as us, who understand the scriptures the same way as us. This is just for the people who have the same sort of cultural background as us or whatever. And actually there's this message, there's this trajectory going on in scripture where actually we see time and time again this message of, no, no, no. this is for everybody. And the prophets talk about... This day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. People from every tribe and every nation. People from every culture and every background. People from every part of society and culture and the world. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And this isn't some duress that people are under. 
they're talking about a day when everybody will come into the realisation of just who Jesus is. And our only response will be one of worship. So what does it look like to be inclusive? What does it look like to have that sort of thing disrupted? A little story. I grew up in a very conservative um, evangelical church. And um, so that's how I understood my theology. What was okay and what was not okay. And the church I grew up in was very clear that women could not be in leadership. Women could not teach. And I believe the same thing, because of course I believe the same thing, because that's what I was brought up in. But not only did I just take it, well, these people say it, but also there are some very obvious scriptures in the Bible that seem to say the same thing. Very clear. So this is how it is. This is right. This is what I've been brought up to understand. This is what the Bible says. I could point to the verses. I could point to the references. I understood what the Bible said. And then one day, I'm sat in this church, and there's a woman preaching, and she was amazing, and clearly blessed, clearly carrying some authority. People's lives were clearly being changed in front of me. And your two worlds come crashing together. Suddenly, I had to process, well, wait a minute. God is very evident in what's going on here. The fruit of what I'm seeing is indisputable. How do I align that with what I understand the Bible to say? And what I had to do was to go back and to study and to read and to think. And actually now I have a very different view of women in leadership and women carrying authority and women teaching. In fact... I think the trajectory that we see in scripture, the the story we see being told in scripture is it's the women who get it first. It's the women who see it before anything I see it. The women seem to carry more authority, have a greater grasp of what's going on in the kingdom often than some of the men do, including the disciples who are supposed to be leading this whole thing. And actually... There's all sorts of verses of scripture where you're going, oh, actually, that's quite radical and that's quite counterculture. There's a whole thing that I had to come and take a fresh look at what the Bible was saying to overcome some of my barriers that were in my thinking and my understanding. You see, to be inclusive is uncomfortable. I don't know which people come to mind when you're going, oh, but maybe not them, surely. Or what about these people? Or what about these people? Or what about these people? I don't know what sort of people come to your mind in those situations. And that might be something worth having a conversation around. But actually, we believe profoundly here that we are to make space for everybody. Everybody gets to be part of this. However, what I don't believe is there are a couple of things that tend to happen in this sort of conversation. That I want to try and clarify. Firstly, one of the things that happens is that you kind of go, oh well, if everybody's in, it's all fine, right? Everything's fine. Nothing's a problem. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. God's okay with everything. That is not true. 
When we do that, we diminish Jesus and we diminish scripture. What we see in scripture time and time again is God meets us right in the middle of where we are. God doesn't ask us to move, to come to him. God meets us in the middle of our situation. In that sense, God is the most inclusive, liberal, whatever God you can imagine. Today's society where you see people going, everything's okay. Well, actually, God's kind of the same. I'll meet you wherever you're at. I'll meet you whatever situation you're in. I'll be right there in the middle of your situation, however it looks. But none of us get to stand still. None of us get to stay the same. We are all invited into a journey of transformation. So God entirely accepts us as we are and meets us right where we are. The one thing God doesn't want is for us to stay the same. And you might be sat there going, oh good, okay good, so they do have to change. You missed the point. So you have to change. That's the point. Each of us has to change. None of us get to stand still and stay the same. Whether we've been walking this journey of faith for 50 years or 50 minutes. Whether it's the first time we've ever set foot in a church or we've been coming to church our entire lives. If we're in the same place we were a year ago, we've missed something. If our relationship with God is the same it was six months ago, we've missed something. We are all invited into transformation. We are all invited to change, to move forward, to become more of the people God created us to be. The second thing that happens is, and this is just a mirror of society, when we make a theological shift, we go, oh, I used to think these people were out, but now I think they're in. I used to think women couldn't teach in church, but now, now I think it's fine for women to teach in church. We all go, oh, great, well, now you're very, much more expensive and much more inclusive. But we don't actually do that. What we tend to do is go, and now anyone who doesn't think women should teach in church, I know you're out. We don't actually become more inclusive. We just shift the goalposts. Often we can actually end up becoming narrower not broader. And we become quite condemning of the people who held the same theological opinion we held just a year before. But now, well, if you don't agree with me now, if you haven't come on this same journey of transformation as I've come on, well, then you're out. And we become quite exclusive. What does it look like for a church to extend the tent in both directions? To include people who hold the same theological opinion as us and people who maybe hold a different theological opinion to us. What does it mean to create space in this society that is so polarised, in the society that is so polarised and divided? What does it look like for us to be a church where everybody's included and where we can hear each other, where we can see each other, where we can encounter God through each other. The Brexiteer and the Remainer, the Conservative and the Tory, the whatever other 
the Trump supporter and the Clinton supporter, whatever it might, whatever our polarization might be, the right wing um, theologian, classical traditionalist, and the inclusive, the same sex couple, and the people who believe that the Bible's really clear on that stuff, and that's just not allowed. How do we create this space where everybody gets to share space and we encounter God through each other? We disrupt each other. We learn to love the other, even where we don't agree. Because we're heading towards a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You might have to share space around the table in heaven with someone who you don't think should be there. So you better deal with it now. Because that's going to be an uncomfortable meal that goes on for quite a long time. So let's deal with it now. But what does it look like, therefore, to be inclusive? And this is the key. This is where I'm going to end. To be inclusive, actually, the way forward is to be exclusive. If you want to extend the tent in both directions, the way you make a tent bigger is to make the pole at the center higher and broader And then you can extend the tent in both directions. If you want to make the gravitational field of a solar system broader, so it stretches further, then you make the sun at the center bigger, not smaller. And in this church, we are exclusively focused on Jesus. The way we make space for everybody is to make Jesus bigger. We allow Jesus to be bigger than my understanding. We allow Jesus to be bigger than my theology, bigger than my culture. We allow Jesus to be bigger. We worship Jesus more. We immerse ourselves in relationship with him more because then we become more like him. And our words, the more we become like Jesus, the more our words will be soaked in love the clearer we will see each other. We will see through the differences. And we will learn to see each other as brothers and sisters. We will learn to recognize Jesus in each other. The more we become like Jesus, the kinder our words will be. The more weight they will carry, the more truth they will carry, the more love they will carry the greater ability they will have to unite, to heal, to speak life over people and into a community and into a society. The more we become like Jesus, the more beautiful this will become. The more life we will see, the more hope we will be able to speak into a society that is riddled with despair. We are profoundly inclusive because everybody gets to be part of this. And the way we do that is by being, by being exclusively focused on Jesus. Let us be an inclusive and exclusive church. Amen? Let's try and work that out together.
if you have questions around that, if there's conversations you want to have around theology, always happy to do that. I love talking about theology, so I'm always, I can't bore you anytime, but, um, but let's work this out together. Let's be people who learn to make space for each other and the other. And let's be people who focus so passionately and unreservedly on Jesus that we become more and more like him. So our gravitational field extends further. So the tent extends in both directions. Let's be profoundly loving and inclusive. Yeah, Lord, we want to we want to commit ourselves to working that out. We want to commit ourselves to, to making space for the other and for each other and to focusing on you exclusively. Lord, may you renew us and transform us. May you expand us. May you disrupt us. Amen. Now, if you'd like prayer for any of that, and we'd love to pray for you, please feel free to move forward and the lobby ministry team here can pray for you. Or just ask the person next to you to pray for you. But if when I talked at the beginning about God being inclusive, this space being inclusive, and your response wasn't, yeah, but what about them and what about them? But your response was, but what about me? I don't know if I believe that God has room for me. I don't know if I believe that I fit in. Then we'd love to pray for you this morning. Because God is an incredible God with an abundance of space. And God always meets us right in the middle of our situation. There is nowhere that we can be that God isn't. There is nowhere that we can be that God can't get to and won't meet us. And if this morning you're thinking, I've done too many things, I've failed too many times, I've messed up too often, but if you knew what I knew, God knows. There is nobody who is beyond the love of God forgiveness of God and the grace of God. If that's you this morning, we'd love to pray for you. There's a cross here.